Hello and welcome to Dollars and Cents presented by North Main Financial. I'm your host, Joshua Doby. Thank you so much for tuning in with us here to WSIC here at the four o'clock hour as we give attention to and perhaps even spark some conversation regarding items of financial and economic importance. You know, as a previous listener to this show, we're talking on any number of subjects. We're we're going to cover a lot of them today. I mean, I mean, there's there's a lot happening out there. Whether you're talking about markets, whether you're talking about the economy, whether you're talking about things like uh, Disney theme neighborhoods or uh, John Rom. Yeah, we're going to be talking John Rom here in a minute. I want you to hang around. But in doing so, as we're talking about these kinds of things, looking about uh, certain investments, perhaps even investment styles, structures, you know, uh, that nothing that we're talking about here is intended as a specific record. Recommendation for you, meaning that even though we're going to be talking about these specific, we're talking about companies too. We're talking about big companies out there are really in between earning seasons right now, but we're looking at the calendar end again. Everybody's situation is unique. We strongly, strongly recommend that you reach out to your tax advisor, to your financial advisor. Or if you'd like to reach out to us at North Main Financial Group, love to hear from you, love to chat about your particular financial situation and to see if there are ways in which we might be able to be helpful to you. Online, you can find us at NorthMainFinancial.com. That's North like the direction, Main like the street, Financial.com. NorthMainFinancial.com. We have a contact page on there. Leave us a phone number, email address. Let us know the most preferred and desirable ways for us to contact you. Again, at NorthMainFinancial.com. You're also welcome to call us here in the studio here at WSIC out here on Dollars and Cents. Love to hear if you have particular questions, focus points. We're getting to the end of the calendar year. It's kind of a time when, well, hopefully you're not thinking a whole lot about your financial end of things, but for a lot of folks, they are. We're going to be talking about some things to keep in mind as we get to the end of the calendar year. Love to hear from you. Feel free to call in 844-STUDIO-4. That's 844-788-3464. That's 844-788-3464. 3464 here in the studio if you have particular questions uh, for us here on Dollars and Cents. All right, let's get into it. What's what's hot? I, I like this segment a lot because I feel like it gives me a lot of artistic latitude. I'm not even sure if I can say that phrase, but I'm going to take artistic latitude uh, here into what's hot. Yes, it has to do with things financial, and yes, it has to do with things uh, economic, but I'm going to start off with one. I, I teased it there a little bit in uh, in our intro there, uh, talking about John Rom. Now, producer Bill, uh, I'm not sure if, if if you have seen, you probably have. You you keep up to speed on these kinds of things. Uh, have, have you seen uh, what, what I think is pretty close to the deal uh, with John Rom? Oh, no, I haven't. Okay. Well, the, the word is, now, and, I, and I'm going to say this, so I, I, I probably should quote a source of, of some legitimacy. So <laughs> I, I pulled this from the Wall Street Journal. Uh, the, the word is John Rom moving to live, meaning leaving the PGA Tour and going to live. Now, what, what I don't, now this is, this is reportedly, and, and apparently the, the, this, is, this has been floating out there for a little while. Uh, very interesting because Rom for a long time was, was very ardent in his support for the PGA Tour, not going to live like a number of other golf, professional golfers did and have. But the Wall Street Journal, I'm, I'm, I'm taking it from there. I mean, nothing's real until it's real, but, uh, but, but I'm taking it from the Wall Street Journal to indicate that, uh, that he is close to signing. And the rumored dollar amount, Producer Bill, you want to you throw a, uh, an under over on, uh, on, on the, uh, the dollar amount? Amount of the deal is it over one hundred million dollars? It is indeed over one hundred. The uh, I got I guess I got to call it a rumor at this point because it's not a done deal. Three hundred million, <sighs> three hundred million dollars. Fair. I, I mean, not 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 to be fair. He is the defending Masters champion, top. You can say right. the top golfer in the world. Certainly Man. top three, top five. 
$300 million. I like those zeros. There's a lot of zeros. I'm I like not, that. I'm not even sure I can count that many yeah. zeros. Uh, that, that is a tremendous amount. So, I mean, it's uh, amazing kind of stuff. And what's also interesting, and, and, and this, is, this is why it's a little bit confusing to me, but again, I'm uh, sharing it with you as, uh, as it came across the, the Wall Street Journal feed. One of the things that's interesting to me is that really in, a, in an about face between uh, Liv and the PGA Tour, I, I believe that, that it's still in a process to, do we call it merge or where some right, kind? Right, that, that's what I kind of thought some, the direction we were headed. Yes. So some kind of agreement of some right. kind. So maybe, maybe merge is bad. Uh, there probably is some corporate attorney who's hopping up and down that, uh, that, that we're calling it merger. But it, there's some kind of agreement of uh, being together. Right. Is that, uh, which is probably just the Webster's definition of merge that I just uh, said there. <laughs> uh, so, so anyhow, so, but it, there's, there's this movement in that direction. So I think that's part of what makes this, this story, this announcement even that, that much more interesting. And you say, what does that have to do with markets or the economy? I, I don't know about you, but $300 million to, uh, uh, to go play professional golf, uh, that, that's, that's significant. I mean, especially if you're an advertiser or especially if you're a sponsor of anything that, uh, that John Rom does, heck, if you're a sponsor of anything that, uh, that, that, that these elite professional golfers do. A huge business, huge, huge business, and uh, and and we're we're talking about you know Fortune 500 companies. We're talking about some of the biggest and brightest blue chips that are out there. Pretty amazing stuff. So we're going to continue to watch that. I'm going to continue to keep you updated on that. When I saw that come across my screen, I'll, I'll tell you, I was I was very interested. And again, primarily because of how Rom had been so much uh, in in favor of not leaving the PGA Tour. So that when I saw that kind of thing come across, it was very interesting to see. All right, we're going to pivot a little bit here on this uh, What's Hot segment because I like to keep you on your toes. Make sure you're paying attention. CVS. Uh, you would be hard-pressed to find too many, uh, especially of our more urban areas, but even our more rural areas, uh, who do not have a CVS close by. CVS, Caremark, CVS, drug stores. Uh, usually have the letter, the red letters that are flashing late into the night. Uh, CVS on, uh, on the side of them. The reason why I'm bringing up CVS is uh, uh, some significant discussion. This comes from CVS themselves. Uh, some significant discussion about the, a change in the pricing model for prescriptions. Now, you may or may not be aware of how prescription prices go together. Frankly, it is a very convoluted process, in my opinion. Uh, but CVS has come out with this idea that they're going to start to price uh, their prescriptions based on a, what we internally would sometimes call a cost plus model. Basically, their cost, adding a small markup, and that's the cost that it's going to be to consumers. Now, you may hear that and say, well, isn't that the way that it always has been? No, it has not. The, the pricing of prescriptions, and, and every once in a while you'll see a news story on this, where you just see an outrageous cost that has to do with a, a prescription drug for any number of reasons. And it's I'm, this is not me speaking down to the pharmaceutical industry, not me speaking down to the drugstore industry. I'm not speaking down to any of them. It's just a very convoluted process. It's practically impossible to understand because there are so many players involved and middle managers involved uh, in, in terms of the pricing aspect of things and who is compensated, what, how much the manufacturer get, the distributor get, the ultimate retail uh, space get. It's it's very, very convoluted. But uh, CVS has come out and said that they're going to introduce this model uh, in their 9,500 stores. They have 9,500 stores across the country. So like I said, it's hard not to bump into one uh, that's out there that, uh, that they're going to introduce this cost plus model. And then uh, most importantly, which I think most importantly, when we're looking at what the effect is on that, insofar as we can tell here at North Main Financial, it's going to mean some things are more expensive and some things are less expensive. Insofar as 
as I can tell, this is not an indication that necessarily the prices across the board are going to come down. At least I don't see it among the most popular prescriptions that we just ran kind of a beta test through uh, what was uh, what was actually being put out there. So I, I'd love to say that, I'd love to say to the consumers that this means that all prices are going to uh, decrease insofar as prescriptions are concerned. Not sure that that's going to be the case. Some I think are going to go down. Some I think are going to go up. But it is a different model, and hopefully it's a little bit more transparent, meaning in terms of understanding how those drug prices go together. Because I'll, I'll raise my hand. I am not one who has understood it to this point. Every time I think I would understand it, I would look at something that would come across, and I have no idea. Even when I go to CVS, I still look at my, at my script, and I still don't have much of an idea. Well, friends, we're going to take a break here from the first quarter as we hear from our sponsors. You're listening to Dollars and Cents here on WSIC. Hello and welcome back to Dollars and Cents presented by North Main Financial. I'm your host, Joshua Doby. Thank you so much for hanging with us into the second quarter football reference of uh, of today's show. It, it is the most wonderful time of the year. And yeah, I'll give you a wonderful time of the year for Christmas and for New Year's and family and all that kind of it, – it's also wonderful for football fans. It really is. E- even when you're a Carolina Panthers football fan because uh, at least – you know what? It's not true anymore because as of last week, we were still mathematically – eligible uh, here with the Panthers to uh, to host a playoff game. Producer Bill, you're going to tell me now that um, due to recent events that that is no longer the case? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. All right. Um, next year, though. Next ne- next year. And, I, and we really can't say it's early anymore, can we? We, no. we, we We've been saying that for a long, long time. <laughs> <laughs> you heard they're bringing training camp back to Charlotte? I d- or to Charlotte? Gla- yeah. Glass half full. Yes, yes. I did. And uh, and it's not because we have anything against Wofford College. No, nope, uh, but uh, But I love that uh, the training camp's coming back to uh, to Charlotte. Absolutely. Yes. It'll be nice. It, it will be very nice. We're, we're looking forward to that. It's not that we're looking beyond this season yet. Not at all. <laughs> Every game is, a, is, a, is an opportunity. Uh, but it is kind of nice. I did see that announcement there. So great stuff. All right. So second quarter. And uh, we're still on what's hot here. We're still talking about those kinds of things that you're probably seeing on your headlines. And it's important. Uh, I mean, these are the kinds of things that people are talking about. And they may or may not be particularly relevant to you. But I bet if you hang around here a little bit, that something we're talking about here is indeed going to catch you and perhaps even be part of your experience. Next one, name you probably hear a lot. You may or may not know that the entity which owns it is publicly traded, Spotify. Uh, Spotify, the music streaming service. There are several of them out out there, but Spotify, I would uh, I would say, at least insofar as my understanding is concerned, is probably in the top three or five in terms of uh, uh, streaming music streaming services that uh, that that are out there. Not so great news uh, this past week. Uh, announced uh, again, and I say again because this is round three for Spotify this year, uh, meaning that just this calendar year, just in 2023, round three of uh, of layoffs. Now they're uh, looking to let go uh, right in the neighborhood of 17% of their overall workforce, 17% all at once. And this is after uh, several large layoff uh, rounds, uh, excuse me, two uh, large layoff rounds earlier this year. Uh, Spotify is in a restructuring mode and uh, and, and it's it's not speaking to the, which is always interesting to me because we have this conversation a lot. You know, folks think that because something is popular or because something is used a lot or even bought a lot that uh, that 
that that automatically means that they're successful from a financial standpoint. It just plain isn't true. Uh, it's uh, it, there. There is a business aspect, meaning there needs to be a cost of what is produced. There needs to be a price at which that which is produced is sold, and there needs to be a margin. There needs to be a gap uh, in between there. And if there isn't, or if it's too small in order to sustain operations, then you get a couple of twists in the in the uh, in the business model experience, and uh, and you're in a space where you need to make some pretty drastic ch- cuts or changes. And that's what we're seeing at Spotify. It's not that people aren't using them a lot. But unfortunately, they're not able to produce right now uh, at, at their current structure the kind of margin necessary to continue to move forward or, or to continue to grow as an entity. They made an announcement here a couple of months ago about a fairly significant investment. I want to say it was billions with a B, maybe one billion, excuse me. So not implying multiple billions or, or anything more than that, but a billion dollar investment into the podcasting end of things. Producer Bill, I know, uh, in, and the chief Justin here uh, work a lot on podcasting here at WSIC. And and so they had talked about a pretty significant uh, investment in that arena. That's scrapped. They're not going to do that now, or at least they're not going to do it in the same ways in which they had. So pretty significant. You know, when I'm when I'm looking at uh, at that kind of thing, automatically what I want to do is take a look at their competitors. And so and and there are a number uh, of of ones out there. If you're looking at Pandora, you're looking at. I mean, these are where the big ones get in. Apple. Amazon. I mean, they they have the capital to be able just to dominate these kinds of markets when they decide to get into them because they're so huge. And it's not that Spotify isn't big, or it's not that Pandora isn't big, or it's not uh, what would be another one that's that's out. The Sonos has their own streaming capabilities. I mean, th- there are a number of different rather large scale uh, sc- uh, music streaming services out there. But when you look at Apple and Amazon, boy, they they own a lot. They really do. And and when they decide to be in it, it's really hard to compete against them. And I think that's in part what Spotify is experiencing. Not that they're not going to be a, a sustaining entity necessarily, but they're making some pretty drastic cuts so that hopefully in the future, they can be a sustaining ent- entity. So pretty significant there. All right. Pivoting here. You, you've heard us talk about this company. In a couple of different formats here recently, this is kind of fun. It's the holiday season, so I guess we're, t- we're taking a look at things in a little bit more of a lighthearted uh, sort of experience here. Disney, right? Disney uh, with the theme parks, Disney with Disney Plus in terms of its uh, online mu- movie and television experience, uh, streaming uh, experience, uh, you know, a lot of ways in which you might be connected to Disney. So they have stores and retail and all that good kind of stuff. In addition to their movies, they own uh, the ABC Network, they own ESPN. SPN, you know, a, a number of different forays into the entertainment business. But I'm bringing up this one because it happens to be uh, within a couple hours of here, uh, meaning where we are here in North Carolina, that, uh, that, that there is going to be built or there is an agreement to build a Disney-themed neighborhood. And when I say that, I mean literally homes that are being built into it that you can buy and and to live in this neighborhood. So think of it like a, a common development, that, uh, that but it is a, a, a fixed neighborhood or, or a neighborhood that is designed with a Disney theme in mind. And there are going to be opportunities inside of, of, of this neighborhood. And, and this is, I think it's kind of interesting uh, when, when you're looking at it. It's going to be called Asteria, which I'm sure if you're a Disney fan, you know what that means, Asteria. Uh, here up in the Triangle region. So we're looking in the Raleigh-Durham region uh, here in North Carolina where this is going to be built. And and you're looking at uh, the opportunity to have uh, Disney character-themed events. This is in your neighborhood. I mean, think about if you, if you went to that for the Christmas party, right? I mean, you got you got Mickey and Minnie right there. I mean, it could happen if, if you're so interested in it. So there's this, uh, there are a couple of groups. It's, it's actually is a, a division of Disney, which uh, is part of the development group that's part of this. And then there is a developer who actually builds the homes. Uh, in addition to that, 
But uh, but it is literally a Disney themed neighborhood. I, I got to admit that's a first for me. I hadn't I hadn't been aware of that. I knew that there were some opportunities to buy certain homes near the Disney theme parks. There were certain mini neighborhoods where you could buy homes near the Disney theme parks. But I wasn't aware of this opportunity that that's out there if you're so inclined. Apparently, there's one in uh, near Menlo Park in California uh, as well. So there's, that's kind of being used as the model uh, here in North Carolina. But uh, but no Disney theme park close by here. So kind of interesting that we're going to have that. It's going to be really interesting to see what the demand is uh, in terms of the number of homes that are built and then the price point of which they don't look cheap. I mean, not that anything at Disney is cheap. I mean, I don't know if you've been to Disney recently. I I, I have two young daughters. And uh, let's say we've been to uh, Disney, well, I will only admit to more than once. And uh, I am amazed. I am amazed at the theme park financial commitment every time we go there. It is it is amazing. I don't know if you've ever been to Disney. Have you ever looked at how much uh, those uh, a pass costs to get into? And the price never goes down. Every year it increases. It's amazing. And 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 more people go. It is an amazing kind of model. But uh, but it's it, it is it is that model. I mean, they, they have a product and then people want it from all over the world, literally. Uh, it is uh, espoused as the happiest place on earth. I, I can't say that that's been my personal experience in, uh, in going there. That doesn't mean that it's not a happy experience, just not for me personally when we go there. Maybe part of it is the cost. Maybe that that's why. I, so where I should be happy and smiling going into it, I, I'm, I'm already in a foul mood uh, when I walk through the turnstiles. That doesn't mean that Disney parks are bad or that Disney stock is bad. I'm not telling you to buy, sell, or hold it, but definitely some something you want to keep in mind. So anyhow, Disney themed neighborhood. If you're so inclined here in the Triangle region here in North Carolina, keep a keep a lookout for it, especially if you're interested. If you would like to have, you know, say like a Disney character themed Christmas party and maybe a possibility there. All right. One additional item here on what's hot uh, here in uh, in the second quarter of dollars and cents. I want to touch on this because we're starting to see this a little bit across the country. And I'm going to be talking about apartment rents. And when I say apartment rents, I'm talking about the amount uh, of cost for a monthly uh, a monthly rental fee for an apartment across the country. And I'm speaking uh, across the country, but I, I'm also going to highlight a couple of data points here in our Charlotte metro region. And for the first time, uh, at least uh, in, in any of the data which I'm viewing, for the first time here in uh, in five years, we're starting to see a slight decrease in apartment rents. Now, if you have tried to rent an apartment in the Charlotte metro region here in the last several years, you know exactly what I'm describing here. It, it has gone almost parabolic. It, it, is, it is unreal how much they have increased. Yes, it's uh, it, it was due to COVID and the pandemic. Yes, it's due to you know, a significant amount of demand here in the Charlotte metro region where we have, uh, on average, a net of 100 people a day moving into the Charlotte metro region. So I, yes, to all of that, uh, but still exponential almost in terms of the amount of growth or the increasing cost of apartment rents here in the, in the Charlotte metro region. For the first time, uh, year over year, again, in, in, uh, in, in more than five years, we're seeing a slight downtick. Now, before you get all excited and think, well, finally, you know, prices are going to pull back, not seeing that, not seeing where there's going to be this, um, th- this fallout or there's going to be some kind of crashing of prices when it comes to apartment rents. But it may be a sign that they're beginning to moderate. I mean, if you again, if we're just talking hyper local here, if you've taken a look at the at the Charlotte area in terms of the amount of building of new apartment units here over the last five years, I mean, we're talking about tens of thousands, not not thousands. We're talking about tens of thousands which have come online here over the last several years. 
at a certain point, that, that supply catches up to the demand. I mean, it didn't seem like that was going to happen. It seemed like the supply was never going to catch up with the demand there for, for quite some time. But at a certain point, it it, uh, it does. And we may be just starting to see the front end of that. Again, I don't see it crashing. I wish I could say that it was going to be so much less expensive uh, here in Charlotte to rent an apartment uh, sometime soon. I don't see that. But we do see a leveling off, which is kind of interesting. And we're going to be talking about that a little bit more in the second half of today's Dollars and Cents show. You know, what is the effect of inflation? What is the effect of higher interest rates? What does that mean in terms of the consumer's possibility to spend? We're in the Christmas retail season, which means, it, I mean, we're, we're off and running. And we got some positive data. We have some cautionary data. We're going to be talking about that in the second half of today's show as well. Uh, very, very interesting because it's it's not very clear. Data often are not clear, uh, meaning that they're coming across in, in fits and starts and pieces and you Usually only in hindsight does it really make a whole lot of sense, but we're going to be taking a look at it. We're going to be asking some you know, semi-rhetorical questions. You can always call, call us here at 844-STUDIO-4, 844-788-3464. If you've got some thoughts to that or if there are particular data points that you'd like to, for us to get to which you want to give attention, we'd be happy to do that as well. But interesting stuff. So hang with us as we take a moment to hear from our sponsors uh, here on Dollars and Cents presented by North Main Financial on WSIC News Talk Now. Hello and welcome back to Dollars and Cents presented by North Main Financial. I'm your host, Joshua Doby. Thank you so much for hanging with us into the second half of this week's Dollars and Cents show. Football reference there. It's a wonderful time of the year. we got bowl season coming up. Now, I, I, need, I need to talk about because we usually do as we get kicked off in the second half because I'm thinking football. You may not be thinking football. I'm thinking football. And, and I do have to say uh, something because uh, I've only had, oh, well, maybe more than one uh, conversation with somebody who is either an alum, a current student, or someone who is a strong advocate for the Florida State Seminoles, uh, speaking to a big-time college football. Now, you, you, you probably, this, this probably will spur you to call in uh, here to the studio, 844-788-3464. I can't say it has anything to do. What am I saying? What, of course it has to do with financial economics. We're talking billions with a B uh, when it comes to uh, the big-time college football. If you're a Florida State Seminoles football fan, I get it. I get it, thirteen and zero, uh, and and not a part of the four teams that uh, that are going to be in the playoff. Now, then, then there's going to be somebody calling up telling me about strength of schedule, and there's going to be somebody else calling up telling me that the ACC is not a real football conference. And I, not, I don't need to hear it. All right, I, I don't need to. I, I I don't have a dog in this fight. I'm not a Florida State fan, but it is interesting. It is interesting if you are a fan of football at all, and specifically a big time college football. Now, producer Bill, I'm going to put you on the spot here. Um, think that Florida State uh, should be included. If so, who do you exclude out of the uh, the top four uh, in the college football playoff? Where where do you land on that? Uh, that is a phenomenal question because I go. I found myself going back and forth. Interesting, right? Because I do think that the Florida State team that I saw in Charlotte. Didn't look the strongest. Interesting. But there's also a bit of time mm. between the bowl games. Mm -hmm. So I definitely think Florida State did what they had to do. 
Life is not fair. It, it, it is definitely not fair. And, and it's it's an interesting dynamic. A because, lot of Florida State fans oh, at the I, stadium, too. I, 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 All over Charlotte. I, I'm sure. Well, I mean, it was, it was a huge win and, you know, the opportunity sure. for, the, for the conference championship. I mean, reason to reason to celebrate. Why wouldn't you? And uh, But very, very interesting. And, you know, folks say, well, this is unfair. This is not right. I don't disagree with you, but I would point to the system itself. I mean, we don't have a system in place with big-time college football, which is a function of winning your conference, going to the playoffs. You get through the playoffs. You get to the Super Bowl. I mean, I, yes, I am looking at the NFL a little bit because at least it's pretty straightforward, right? If, if, you're, good, if you're good enough to win your conference and, uh, and you're good enough to beat some other conference winners, then you get to keep going. Now, when I was talking to Bill Russell, he yes. thinks that South Carolina should be in the top four. See, that's interesting, Bill, because <laughs> uh, I, 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 I dare say there probably hasn't been a year since uh, since Mr. Russell was probably about 16 years of age when he did not believe that. That's it. Uh, even long before there was a college football playoff. Right. Uh, and, and of course, regardless of the Gamecocks record, uh, that he would have believed that uh, that South Carolina indeed uh, needed to be crowned the, uh, the national champ. For those of you who don't know, Bill Russell, Town Talk here on WSIC. Uh, d- talks uh, a, a lot about uh, his his love for the South Carolina Gamecocks, so we do have to mention that Bill Russell, also the president of Lake Norman Chamber of Commerce, good friend, good friend. But uh, but anyhow, kind of interesting. You're saying, okay, what does it have to do with things economic and financial? If if you look at a television contract for one of the Power Five conferences uh, here in this country, being Power Five of the uh, the big time college football conferences, it's billions. It, it is it is amazing. It reshapes conferences. Uh, teams jump between conferences. You don't have to believe it. Look at NIL, name, image, likeness contracts. Now, what was it? So Matt Rule, and, and, and I'm going to get off football here and you know, at least, probably another hour or so. I'm just kidding. It's just going to be a minute. Matt Rule, the current coach of Nebraska. I saw this quote come across my screen as well. Again, this is all economic and, and financial. Stay with me here. Said that, I mean, publicly, right? I, I This had to be public if I'm reading it, uh, that to bring in a big-time college quarterback – through the portal. So one who wants to transfer to your university is going to cost you, the university, between $1 million and $2 million in an NIL deal or an NIL. Did you see this, Bill? I did not see that. Okay. But uh, and, and it I, would take... Matt yep. Rule to pay me one million dollars to go play for him. I will. I'm just kidding. <laughs> that's that's we we still have some uh, pretty sore feelings uh, about Matt Rule here <laughs> due to his tenure with our beloved Carolina Panthers. Uh, so I, I I can't say I disagree. I don't, I don't know the guy personally, but I, but I am a fan. Anyhow, I mean, a million to $2 million in an NIL deal to get a big time college. So it's, it's huge. I mean, we're, we're talking about massive business and you may agree, disagree with it. You may think it's wrong. You may think it's right. However, these are the facts. This is the world in which we live right now in terms of the, the huge economic impact that, uh, that these universities have specifically with their big time uh, football and basketball programs. It's, uh, it, it is pretty unbelievable. I still love watching it. I know it's one of my short Cummings. I got a whole basket of them. You hang around here <laughs> on dollars and cents, you'll get to know more of them. All right, what to know. Uh, before I get into the, uh, the the topic on what to know, or just kind of those general ideas for you to keep in mind from a financial and economic standpoint, got to touch on one big one here that I think is, is going to be relevant to just about everybody, whether it affects you or not. 
And it has to do with the idea of uh, of security breaches when it comes to our personal information. I think, uh, Producer Bill, you and uh, the Chief Justin, I think you talked about this as well on uh, on Good Morning LKN here recently. But it has to do with the uh, with the data breach at twenty three and Me. If you're not familiar with 23andMe, uh, there is an opportunity with 23andMe if you send in your DNA to do some level of tracing of your family history. I've not done it, not an expert on it, not completely sure how they do that, uh, but there, there is an opportunity to do that. At any rate, the reason why I'm bringing it up and, be, and why I think it may be relevant for you to at least be aware of it is that they had a huge data breach. Now, in doing this, I'm not saying that 23andMe is bad. I'm also certainly not saying that this only has happened to 23andMe. I mean, you can look at any of the large retailers out there, and at some level, they have had some level of data breach. Uh, the most recent ones that come to mind, big box stores, Home Depot, Target, uh, both had multi-million uh, person data breach, meaning that uh, multi-millions of persons, their personal information of various levels was breached uh, for nefarious reasons, meaning for folks who are looking to sell that uh, that kind of data to bad actors uh, so that it might be used to do any number of financial bad actor things. Uh, don't know that that's going to be the case here with 23andMe, but the very least it's true. About 7 million people, 7 million people have been affected by this data breach at 23andMe. So I would say it from this standpoint, really as a PSA, as a public service announcement, uh, if you are one who has engaged with 23andMe, meaning you've sent your DNA to them or other personal information with them, you may want to reach out uh, to, uh, to check in with them. They may or may not be able to clarify if your specific information was breached, but it's definitely worth a call. And also, you may want to take a look at some level of credit monitoring service or some kind of, uh, let's call it personal information monitoring service. They're not perfect either. Meaning it's not it's not going to keep you from all ills or prevent all bad things from happening to you, but it can be a way to stay aware of the kinds of things that may be impacting your credit report, the kinds of things uh, to know when someone uh, who is a bad actor uh, is trying to, say, get a credit card in your name or is using your credit card number. It can be helpful. Again, it's not perfect, but it can be helpful in tracking those kinds of things. So it may be something to keep in mind, especially if you have, which uh, almost always happens, you get a letter in the mail. Usually at some point a little bit after these breaches happen and there is an offer of either a free monitoring service or a suggestion that you go get a monitoring service. Uh, the, the way that we talk about it here at North Main Financial, and this is just unfortunate about the world in which we live, it's not a function of if, it is literally a matter of when. Meaning that we live in a digital world where huge, huge databases for just about everything that we do uh, are being kept by someone else. And there are bad actors who are attempting to access those databases day and night. So what we encourage folks to do is, is if you're not doing it yourself personally to uh, engage a monitoring service, and we're not advocating for one over the other, so I'm not even going to mention the names here. You can do your online uh, due diligence to be able to find one, talk with friends who maybe have engaged with uh, with one or another to be able to uh, to monitor that. But it's a big, big deal. In this day and age, like we said, it's, it's not a function of if, it's a matter of when. And uh, I wish I wasn't true. Uh, but it uh, but it feels like that it is true. I mean, we we talk with folks at North Main Financial. I want to say a couple times a month at least who have had some level of data breach, uh, meaning as far as their personal information is concerned, whether it's with regards to a credit card uh, being stolen, personal information stolen off of a license, uh, a financial account which has been hacked in one way or another, um, a solicitation that they maybe were duped and they sent money to one entity or another. I mean, we kind of joke about it, you know, sometimes. We, but uh, if folks, if uh, there weren't folks who were falling for it, 
it wouldn't happen. You wouldn't get those crazy emails about things happening with, you know, some foreign prince somewhere. I mean, they, they actually do work. Otherwise, we'd never get them. So, uh, so just be wary of that kind of thing. Again, that's more of a PSA. Thanks for letting me spend a little time on that. And, uh, and just relative to the, the season where we are as well, be careful. I mean, I, and we just we talked about last week with some Cyber Monday uh, kinds of things with you know the amount of gain in uh, uh, in growth, meaning in terms of the amount of uh, folks who are buying online, up about six to seven percent insofar as the analytics that we have viewed so far is concerned. That means even more folks than ever, meaning it's the largest number of folks ever in our history who are buying things online. Be careful with those credit cards. Every time you plug that uh, that number in online, there is a possibility that, that can happen. I'm not saying. It will. I'm saying there is a possibility that can happen. So just just be careful with it. I mean, and, and just understand that it's it's very likely that it's going to happen. It's really really hard anymore to to stay offline or to keep. Let me say it this way: to keep your information uh, in a in a completely analog world. I mean, just about everything. You want to rent a car, get on a plane. Uh, if you want to get on a bus, if you want to apply for government benefits. I mean, it, it's almost all online. I mean. It, even social security anymore. My gosh, they want you to do 90 to hundred percent of the application process for social security online. So it's, it's really, really hard not to be engaged online in terms of, uh, in terms of what we need to do in this day and age. So be careful, be vigilant, make sure you're paying attention to those kinds of things. We're going to hear from our sponsors here on WSIC news talk now. Hello and welcome back to Dollars and Cents presented by North Main Financial. I'm your host, Joshua Doby. Thank you so much for hanging with us into the fourth quarter. I spent a lot of time talking about football in that last segment, so I promise not to spend too much time talking about football in this segment. Appreciate your indulgence as we're on the home stretch here. If you're a nine to five or you got 11 minutes and 28 seconds, you're almost there. Sprint through the finish line. You're almost there for the end of the day. But I appreciate you hanging with us here on Dollars and Cents as you're doing that. And uh, let, let's let's talk about what to know. And, and this is a segment, and we, we did that during the last one. We are talking about the data breach over at 23andMe, and that's certainly not being unique. It's not a function of if. It's a matter of when. When we talk about our, our personal information, and it, and it can be scary. I mean, it's it, nobody likes to feel violated like that, right? But we, we do live in a digital online world. We talked about the number of folks who are online shopping up 7% year over year, the most folks ever in our history who are buying things online. It's going to happen, folks. I mean, all that information's out there in the ether, uh, you know, in, in the cloud, which I, I, I still have yet to find somebody that can give me a really good definition of what the cloud is. I mean, I understand the, um, the meteorological uh, aspects of the cloud. I, I'm not as uh, up to speed on the data cloud, but uh, but I'm but I've been told it exists and I'm t- I've been told that's where all my data and all of our data are. So anyhow, I'm saying that in a little bit of a lighthearted way, but be careful with that kind of stuff. And if you're not monitoring that yourself, you may want to take a look at a monitoring service for that. All right. Concept of the day here, when we're talking about what to know, rebalancing, rebalancing, what does that have to do with things that are, that are financial in our lives? Well, this is the time of the year. Especially as we're getting ready to, to close out the fourth quarter, ready or not. I mean, we're, we're on the home stretch here. Closing out the fourth quarter this year, rebalancing is, is something that we do internally for our clients at North Main Financial, or we encourage folks to do it if they're managing on their own. It has to do with taking a look at your winners and your losers. I mean, to be as, as casual as we can be, those things which have done very well and those things which have not done as well. And if you are one who ascribes to a percentage balance across certain assets and you are able to easily move between those assets, so I'm making some 
assumptions here because that's not always the case for either one of those factors. But if you are in a portfolio or at least a part of your portfolio where you can move those things easily between those things which have appreciated and perhaps those things which have stayed flat or depreciated, this can be a time to rebalance or to put back into the uh, the ratio that you had in place or desire to have in place. Now, uh, there, there can be pros and cons on that. This is not a foolproof, perfect, everybody should do this because I'm saying it sort of thing. Not, not, not in that way at all. But it is something about which to at least be aware if perhaps it would be important for you. And the reason for that is because it forces you, It's this is, again, not perfect and not for everybody, but it forces you in a rebalancing scenario to sell your winners and buy your losers, to be very casual about it. Now, is that the right thing to do? Maybe. It's different for everybody. Uh, it may or may not be the right thing to do. It may or may not be the right time for you to do that. But it certainly is uh, an easy part of, of the conversation as we get here towards the end of the year to like to take a look at those things which have done well, take a look at those things which haven't done well. If those continue to be investments, which should be a part of your portfolio, and if you can move between them easily, meaning that you can sell easily and buy easily among them, it may be something to consider. So that's why we strongly encourage it. That's why we strongly encourage folks to take a look at especially as we get towards the end of the year. Sometimes early January is a good time to do that as well. So we're going to talk about it again here on Dollars and Cents uh, with regards to the rebalancing end of your investment portfolio. Important idea to keep in mind here on what to know. If you'd like to call us here in the studio, always happy to hear from you. Always happy to hear about what uh, things are on your mind from an economic and financial standpoint. Can't promise we're going to get to them as uh, as you know, we're pretty jam-packed here on the show. But if I don't get to them today, I'm going to get to them at a future show because we want for this show to be relevant relevant and pertinent to the kinds of things that you folks want to know. So feel free to give us a call, 844-788-3464. That's 844-STUDIO-4 or 844-788-3464 here in the studio if you'd like to give us a buzz. All right, markets. I know I say this to the end because I got to keep you guys around. I know this is uh, the hot item on, uh, on on your radar screen. You know What's happening in the markets? What do we expect for the year end? What do we expect into, into the uh, the front end of next year? A lot of variables in play right now. A lot of guessing being done. I don't know if you took a look at some of the most popular indexes for, uh, for November. Shoo-wee. I mean, if you look at the S&P 500, Dow Jones Industrial Average, NASDAQ Composite, holy smokes, was it positive? I mean, it really was, especially September and October. Eh, really not not all that great. November, it's, it's, it's almost like somebody flipped a uh, light switch on. And all of a sudden, it was it was it was cool to be invested uh, again. Now I'm I'm saying that hyper casually, not because uh, that's the case, but uh, but really in taking a look at where where things moved in November, a lot of assumptions that the market is making right now, and I can say that with confidence based upon what we see in the futures markets. With what I'm going to say next, meaning futures markets, where you see money intensity being placed for events that have not yet happened, meaning with futures contracts, can be any number of things, and uh, and we can see that there is a pretty high level assumption by the market in terms of the where the futures money is heading. Pretty high level assumption by the market that the Federal Reserve is done raising rates. Now, the Federal Reserve is going to uh, have a report here out in about a week. And it's going to be interesting to see about where they are in terms of their language. It's always cryptic, right? You, you, you got to sift through it. You got to do some level of uh, almost foreign language interpretation with it to understand where the leaning is. That's intentional on their parts. They're trying not to be uh, unnaturally manipulative of the markets. But it's going to be interesting to see where they are. Uh, there, there is broad level assumption by the overall market, futures market, trading market uh, right now that they are not going to raise rates. And beyond that, that they are done raising rates, meaning that they're at the top end of the cycle. Is that true? Hard to say. 
It really is hard to say. The folks who believe that that's true at this point probably have an investment in that end of things, but they're pointing towards the um, the trajectory of inflation right now, which has been the number one mandate of the Federal Reserve in raising rates here over the last 20 months. Uh, they're pointing towards the um, the inflation rate, CPI rate, consumer price index rate. They're saying this last tick at 3.2% coming off of the high about 18 months ago uh, of being at 9%. We're moving in this trajectory towards the stated goal of the Federal Reserve of being at a 2% inflation rate and that that's, that's already moving there, meaning we don't have to cut any more, excuse me, raise rates anymore in order for inflation to cut to that 2% level. That may or may not be uh, the case, but that certainly was what the broad market, the overwhelming of, um, portion of the market right now is anticipating that that's going to be the case. Now, got a number of other headwinds out there as well, which would support the case that they're at the end of the uh, uh, of the raising cycle, meaning that the slowdowns that we're seeing in some of the other areas uh, of the overall economy may be indicative of, uh, of of where the Federal Reserve wants us to be. I know it's kind of counter counterintuitive, right? You wouldn't think that the Federal Reserve would, would intentionally act to be able to slow things down. It is counterintuitive, doesn't feel natural. It's it's a function. It's 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 economic movement. It's it's a function of understanding how economies move. And I'm gonna use a uh, you know an old old children's fable to uh, to highlight it, meaning to plagiarize a children's fable. You really don't want things to be too hot or too cold. You really don't. Uh, too hot is not good. Too cold is not good. You want somewhere of just right. And of course, that's different for every economic structure on the planet. But uh, and, and of course, there's no scientific number as to what that exactly means. But that's really what you want. You get too hot. Things go inflation-wise. It's it's very hard for you to keep up. Meaning, the spending power of of your currency goes down dramatically. Things get too cold. Things just stop. There isn't movement. There isn't there isn't commercial movement. There isn't financial uh, activity. Activity. Consumers uh, stop spending. So the, you know you don't want to be in either kind of extreme. Uh, so what what does that look like? Oh, it's it's really hard. There's a lot of discussion, I'll call it discussion, out there about a soft landing. I, again, I still don't have anybody who's told me what a soft landing looks like out there, but there is some speculation that we are in a space of a relative soft landing, meaning we're staying out of the most extreme ends of a recession. Is that true? Usually only hindsight tells us that. Uh, but at least at this point, I'm going to point to unemployment again, uh, because I, I, I got to raise my hand again. I fully expected unemployment to be a notably higher than where it is today. We're still sub 4%. We had unemployment figures this morning come across from the US Bureau of Labor Statistics. We get them every week. Number of new claims, number of sustaining claims, a whole bunch of other data. Those are the two most relevant points. We've talked about a lot here on dollars and cents. Uh, new claims, 220-ish thousand, 220,000. Sounds like a big number. It is a big number, but that's really, quote, normal uh, for the week, meaning 220-ish thousand claims, uh, new claims uh, for unemployment. Sustaining claims, meaning those folks who have been on unemployment longer than a week, right around 1.8 million, 1.8 million. Again, large number, feels like a huge number. That's actually very normal, even slightly lower uh, than, uh, than what we would anticipate. So when we look at that, we look at the unemployment figures, we look at that relative to where interest rates are, where the consumer is right now. It's, it's a very, it's very interesting soup, if you will, uh, that, uh, that, that we really don't have a clear indication at, uh, at this point about economically where things are going to be in six to 12 months. Because by most metrics, whether we're talking about the higher cost of going to the grocery store, the higher cost of going to the gas station, the higher cost to buy a car, to rent an apartment, to, to travel, all of those kinds of things 
by any metric, the consumer should be slowing down. And at least to this point, the consumer has not slowed down very much. And part of the reason why that may be the case is because unemployment is so low. Think about it. If you have a job, you feel more confident in spending. Seems pretty, I mean, that's a little bit binary, but it seems pretty understandable that that would be the case for a lot of consumer confidence. You have a higher level of unemployment, fewer folks who feel confident spending, you're going to get a slowdown in consumer spending. That That's also un understandable, but we're not seeing that at this point. We're seeing, we're seeing the consumer still fairly robust. Now, a couple of big headwinds sitting out there. We've got credit card debt that's up 30% year over year. Not a good indication. Really not a good indication uh, out there because that means that folks, uh, a significant portion of folks have been living on credit or at least subsidizing lifestyle with credit. And that credit, uh, I don't have to tell you, 27 29% per year. Uh, Pay down those balances. That's sidebar. Pay down those balances if you got a credit card debt. So you know, we look at those kinds of things. That's not sustainable. And you know, we look at things like student loan payments coming back online. We look at things like. Um, uh, again, the, the, the inflated cost of just day-to-day -day living, it's a big, big deal. So we, we're not seeing that things are going to crash out, but we do see that things are going to start to slow down from a consumer spending standpoint as we get into Q1 and we get into Q2 of next year. Now, there's a lot of speculation the Federal Reserve is going to cut rates starting next year. As a matter of fact, a significant portion of the futures market is indicating that. We're not seeing that yet. We're really not. I mean, it, it could happen. It's possible it's going to happen. Usually, it's six to nine months beyond the last raise before the Federal Reserve begins to do that. That would be about that time, but that'd be pretty unusual in this environment that they would do that. Well, friends, it has been a pleasure to be with you on this week's version of Dollars and Cents presented by North Main Financial. I appreciate so much you hanging with us here. I wish you well. And until the next time, I'll look forward to talking with you soon here on WSIC News Talk Now. Happy Holidays from WSIC, Statesville, W290DK Mooresville, W264CU Statesville.